The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank believes communities thrive when individuals succeed. Working together, we can help create economic opportunity for all. Good morning. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, May 15th. In today's news, the State Department is evacuating all non-essential personnel from Iraq. Donald Trump Jr. cuts a deal to testify before the Senate Intelligence Committee. And his brother-in-law, Jared Kushner, struggles to sell a new immigration plan on Capitol Hill. But first, the big idea. The Alabama state Senate overnight passed the country's most restrictive abortion ban. It makes no exceptions for victims of rape or incest. The state's Republican governor is expected to sign it into law as soon as today. The measure permits abortion only when necessary to save a mother's life, an unyielding standard that runs afoul of federal court rulings. Those who back the new law say they don't expect it to ever go into effect, instead intending its passage to be part of a broader strategy by anti-abortion activists to persuade the U.S. Supreme Court to reconsider the landmark 1973 Roe v. Wade ruling now that Brett Kavanaugh has replaced Anthony Kennedy. The GOP state Senate Majority Leader Greg Reed says the legislature was carrying out the express will of the people, which is to protect the sanctity of life. He noted that Alabama voters have passed a referendum approving the state being officially pro-life. Sixteen states have passed or are working to pass bans on abortion after a doctor can detect what they call a fetal heartbeat in the womb. Usually that's at about six weeks. That's before many women even know they're pregnant. This includes Georgia, where yesterday Republican Governor Brian Kemp signed a so-called heartbeat bill into law. The Alabama measure, which passed 25 to 6, is even more restrictive than prior state-level abortion laws, and it includes a penalty of up to 99 years in prison for doctors who perform abortions. A Democratic amendment to the bill that would have provided exceptions for victims of rape and incest failed on a vote of 21 to 11. Democrats rallied against the prospects of young crime victims having to carry the resultant fetuses to term and having to then live with their assailants' children for the rest of their lives. Alabama already has a case tied up in federal court over a restrictive abortion law that passed in 2016. The state is lost in every federal court, including in front of judges who were appointed by Republican presidents. But now it's appealing that case and expects to appeal this case to the Supreme Court. Alabama was recently forced to pay the ACLU and Planned Parenthood nearly $2 million after a law requiring abortion providers to have hospital admitting privileges was struck down by federal courts. Those protesting the new bill in Montgomery last night, including dozens of women dressed as handmaidens, said Alabama might be anti-abortion, but it's not pro-life. Because the state invests less per capita in education, health care, and other programs for children than almost any other state in the union. Alabama State Senator Vivian Figueres, a Democrat, introduced an amendment to make vasectomies a felony last night during a Democratic filibuster. Her point was that there are no laws on the books in Alabama regulating what a man can do with his body. It failed on a party-line vote. Missing from the debate in Montgomery was the fact that it's already exceptionally difficult to obtain an abortion if you live in Alabama, especially if you're poor or a woman of color. Because of the regulatory climate, just half of Alabama's 67 counties have an obstetrician anymore. 
Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this hump day. Number one, the State Department today ordered all non-emergency, non-essential U.S. embassy staffers to leave Iraq immediately amid escalating tensions with neighboring Iran. The alert comes after Washington warned last week that it has detected new and urgent threats from Iran and its proxy forces in the region targeting Americans and American interests. The uptick in tensions has rattled the State Department, including top officials in charge of diplomatic security. They've just postponed a major forum of regional security officers for most embassies and consulates worldwide. Officials say the event was postponed because of the increasing tensions with Iran and the need for senior personnel to remain in the field to assess and respond to potential threats. This event only happens every three to four years and involves about 300 plus people. A State Department official says it's no small potatoes to cancel this at the last minute. The escalating situation has also set off alarm bells on Capitol Hill. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is attempting to bring in senior administration officials to brief senators as soon as possible on Iran. The effort also comes as many lawmakers are voicing their frustrations with the Trump administration for not keeping Congress in the loop on its plans. Lindsey Graham said yesterday, quote, I think all of us are in the dark over here. He's a member of both the Armed Services and Foreign Relations Committees. Number two. Donald Trump Jr. agreed to a limited second interview with the Senate Intelligence Committee next month. Under the terms of the deal, Don Jr. will testify for up to four hours, but only address a limited number of questions. The agreement ends a months-long process to secure Don Jr.'s testimony. It also quells a simmering crisis for the GOP after several Republican senators, including Graham, openly urged the president's son to not comply with the summons, or to invoke his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination if he did appear. Don Jr. is expected to face questions in six broad categories, whittled down from an original list of 10, according to people familiar with the deal. One of the topics is his participation in the June 2016 Trump Tower meeting, as well as his knowledge of the president's efforts well into his campaign to build a Trump Tower in Moscow. Meanwhile, we've learned that the House Intelligence Committee has opened its own investigation into whether the Trump family's lawyers helped obstruct the panel's inquiry into Russian election interference. This stems from claims made by the president's former personal lawyer and fixer, Michael Cohen, who told Congress earlier this year that the lawyers in question helped edit false testimony that he provided to Congress back in 2017 about that Trump Tower project in Moscow. Cohen said they also dangled a potential pardon to try to ensure his loyalty. In recent weeks, the House Intel Committee has sent lengthy document requests to four lawyers, Jay Sokolow, who represents the president, Alan Fiterfus, who represents Don Jr., Alan Garten, the top lawyer at the Trump Organization, and Abby Lowell, who represents Ivanka Trump. And a federal judge yesterday voiced skepticism during a separate hearing about the president's lawsuit to block a House subpoena for his financial records. A decision in that case is expected soon. Number three. Speaking of all the president's family members, Jared Kushner, Ivanka's husband and Don Jr.'s brother-in-law, stumbled on key questions yesterday from Republican senators during a briefing to sell his immigration plan. Publicly, senators emerged from their weekly Capitol Hill luncheon applauding the White House senior advisor's pitch to move U.S. immigration toward a more merit-based system that prioritizes highly skilled workers, a task he's apparently undertaken at Trump's behest. But privately, Republican officials tell us that Kushner didn't have clear answers to many of the most basic questions from a very friendly audience. This prompted Trump's other senior advisor, Stephen Miller, to interrupt him at times and take over the conversation. Some GOP senators left the meeting wondering whether Kushner understands the issue at all. Though some said they appreciated his efforts, they added that they don't think the plan will advance anytime soon. Indeed, no senator has stepped forward yet to turn Kushner's plan into draft legislation. 
And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, May 15th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. Have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.